This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Have you already made up your mind about who you'll vote for in the presidential election? If you look on social media these days, seemingly there is a majority of people who understand who they are going to vote for. But there are also plenty of you out there still thinking about it. Now there is a new app out to give you an idea of who your candidate might be based on the issues and your beliefs. The app is called Voter. We welcome in Hunter Scarborough, who's the creator of the Voter app, and he joins us on the phone. Hunter, great to talk to you again. Happy to be here, Dan. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks. The idea of doing this type of an app, where did it really get started? Well, I was uh, working very long hours in my last job, and when an election rolled around, I just didn't have time to do personal research, and I wasn't keen to vote on a soundbite from a news anchor or a soundbite from an uncle at the dinner table. I really wanted to know who these candidates were, and I felt the only way to do that was to dive in and spend a lot of time uh, looking at their track records, looking at the conflicting media sources that we have out there and comparing everything, which is a lot to expect <laughs> of your average voter, right? Yes. And I figured in the, in the 21st century, there had to be a way to leverage technology to solve that problem. So that's how we that's how we got started on it. And, and so for people that have, haven't had the chance to download the app yet, uh, explain what is all entailed in the app and, and how it can benefit people at this point that may still be undecided as to who they're going to vote for. Right. So we usually call voter Tinder for politics. We say that because essentially you're answering a handful of questions based on your political beliefs. And we're, going to sh- and we're showing you which candidates support the same issues that you do and also have a track record to back that up. And the reason we say Tinder specifically is because we actually use that same swiping interface. So if you're okay. familiar with that, where you're swiping left and right on significant others, in voter, you're swiping left and right on major political issues and then being matched to candidates based on those responses. Right now, is it specifically for the the two main candidates, for Hillary Clinton and for Donald Trump, or are you starting to factor in uh, Gary Johnson uh, as well in the mix? Right, so Gary Johnson and Jill Stein, the two uh, prominent third-party candidates, are in the app as well. We don't don't see it as our job to play favorites in that sense. So we show you, when you match with a presidential candidate, you're going to see the full list. So you're going to say, let's say that hypothetically you matched best with Gary Johnson and then maybe uh, and then maybe Hillary and then Trump and then Jill or something along those lines. We show you that full spectrum. So you can right. say, okay, maybe I matched best with this third-party candidate, but I feel like they might not have the best chance of winning, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with my second uh, highest match, who is one of the top two candidates. So we just want to make sure that you have all the information to make whatever choice you want to make. Um, but I will emphasize that the thing that's really that really sets us apart, aside from just ease of use and and sort of the intuitiveness of that Tinder inter- interface, is the fact that we do look at these candidates' entire voting history. So if they've held a principled stance over time on an issue, you're going to match a lot higher with them than someone that may have waffled or flip flopped on that same issue. So there's so we really look at their actions to see if they line up with what they say. So there's a lot of research that obviously has has gone into this particular political election because you have to look historically as well, correct? That's correct. Now, 
there is a lot of research that goes into it, but one of the things that um, mentioning it earlier, how I said I wanted to leverage technology to make this make this happen, mm-hmm. we for two reasons we try to automate as much of this process as sure. possible. Yeah. And, the, and the first reason is that obviously it's a lot easier for us if it's not just man hours and, and labor going into doing all this research. Um, but the second reason is probably more important, and that's that when we automate things, we take out. Um, more of that human bias potential because the second a human hand has to touch the research or the information, mm-hmm. there's that potential that it's going to be skewed one direction or another. And our, our objective is to avoid that uh, in every way, shape and form. So we basically, we have partners that allow us to automate pulling in their voting history, pulling in speech analytics. So if they say the word immigration three times in a speech and the word economy 50 times in that same speech, we can infer from that that they care more about the economy than immigration. We try to keep everything very numbers-based, very fact-based to really uh, leverage the power of all the political data that's out there. So how do you come up with the the categories, I guess, that uh, that people can go on and, and basically decide uh, that would lead them to one candidate or the other? So that's a combination of our analyst team deciding which issues are going to kind of lead someone to the correct result for them as quickly as possible. So the first set of questions that you asked are very broad, polarizing, kind of overarching political issues, some of them kind of big hot button issues. And as you answer more questions, and by the way, you only need to answer eight questions to see your first set of matches. We wanted to be, you know, give someone the option to get through, see, get value very quickly. But if you want to dig deeper, there's about, there's nearly a hundred questions in the app at this point. And as you go through more and more questions, the questions get more nuanced, more specific, more policy specific, so that for those like true policy walks out there, they can really dive deep. Whereas if you want to spend, honestly, you know, 30 seconds to a minute in the app, you can still get value out of it. You can still see where you land on some of the bigger issues that, that, that are being talked about right now. Hunter Scarborough is the creator of the Voter App. He joins us here on Knowledge of Wharton here on Sirius XM 111. You're more than welcome to jump in and ask a question uh, at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. His app designed to help you make a decision on which candidate is more in line with your beliefs. 844-942-7866. Uh, so, as you said, you, you have the that that group of eight kind of core questions at the top to kind of get people started down that process. How many of the other questions are ones that uh, obviously have kind of been set in stone for a little while, but do you have questions that you are adding as the course of this campaign has gone along, depending on something that a candidate has said in a speech or during one of the conventions? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we have been consistently adding to that list. So we started with about 40, and now we're up to around uh, a little over about nine, like 93 questions at this point. Uh, so we're constantly keeping the app up to date with what the sort of scandal or issue or topic of the week is, you could say. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to note that I didn't mention before is that I'm sure a lot of your listeners must be wondering, okay, this sounds great, but... Uh, in the presidential election, it's down to two people. I kind of know who I'm going to go for, or right. at least, you know, most people kind of know who they're going to go for, right? Well, uh, I should mention the app goes beyond presidential. So we're going to show you not just your presidential match, but also your Senate match, your House representative, so your congressional right. district, uh, your gubernatorial match. So if there's a governor seat open in your state, state, we have about 12 states 
uh, right now that are, that are having a gubernatorial election. It's going to show you candidates for all those races as well. And we're, we're working on going even further down the chain so you can really vote up and down your ballot confidently. And, and so uh, we'll be starting. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and so people in, in various states will be able to to pick the the races that they uh, th- that they need to worry about. So there is a a uh, a separation of. You know, people in Pennsylvania being able to find out about Senate races here compared to people that live in California, you know, you're able to, I guess, pick by state where, you know, the races that uh, that you are most interested in. Absolutely. Yes. And we go, like I said, a little more local than that, even at this point, because thanks to location services, uh, you know, provided by the phone, it makes it very easy for us to see which congressional district you're in. And then we can serve you elections based on that. And very soon in Los Angeles, we'll be going uh, hyper-local, drilling down into some of those elections that no one really has much of an idea about, which would include city council, um, school board, uh, mayoral, all those those things that see, at least in in Los Angeles, we see about around a 10% voter turnout in those local elections. So we're really excited to to help people make a more informed choice there and, and notify them that those elections are coming up. How much of a challenge is it to be able to get enough information on school boards, people that are, you know that are going for a school board position, or are some of the the types of questions that you will have on the app are they fairly similar and kind of across the board on, on a majority of the races that you may have on the voter app? So what we're starting with is a standardized set because to, to localize the questions at the moment would be a quite a quite a bit of uh, labor for our very lean team at this point but our plan is to localize them eventually and as far as gathering information on these on these school board candidates etc that is a great point and it is a very labor-intensive process <laughs> the lower down the chain we go because for example someone running for school board is not likely to have some illustrious voting track record for us to pull on or even, you know, a set of speeches for us to analyze. Uh, So in that case, it it often comes down to reaching out to them directly, uh, which does does get labor intensive. But we have some strategies in place that will uh, streamline that in the near, near future. Uh, But Los Angeles is sort of our testing ground. That's where we're based. And so uh, we're looking forward to seeing what what impact we can make uh, in the next three months leading up to November. How, How are the downloads going at this point? Well, we have, we're quite proud of what we've done in the last eight months. We launched on iOS last fall, and we're just around 160,000 uh, 160, users. We've gotten, uh, we launched on Android just about one week ago and during the uh, Democratic National Convention. And um, thanks to a lot of the media and press that we did there, the Android user count is already above 7,000, which we're also quite proud of uh, just a week later. So... We're hoping to explode those numbers in next again in the next three months leading up to November uh, in a big way. But so far, so good on that front. <laughs> it is kind of amazing, though, it, and, and just speaking about the, the world of, of app development as a whole, I mentioned, and I don't know if you heard it while uh, you were uh, talking to our producer, about the fact that, that Apple has paid out $50 billion to developers for their app store now. And, and it's, it is just amazing what the, the, the ecosystem of app development has become over the last decade. Yeah, what was interesting to me is that my first thought, I was listening to that, and my first thought was that uh, I was going to jump in and say, I wonder if Pokemon Go 
well, yeah. them across that finish line and you beat me to it. Um, but it is a phenomenal, I mean, that number, I think those types of numbers can be difficult to, to wrap uh, our heads around just because they're so, so immense. And I've seen some statistics lately that have said that app development in some ways is on the decline. Um, that would seem to fly in the face of that because that number again is, is, is quite impressive. Um, but I'm happy to be a part of that and we're happy to, to kind of help, we're happy to help them hit that 50 billion mark. I'm hoping that we have. Uh, uh, there's no, there's no want to in- incorporate anything from Pokemon go on the voter app. Correct. Oh man, I grew up on Pokemon. So <laughs> I mean, I'd love to find the connection, but, uh, I you're, don't know that all of our users would love that. You're, so you're, you're not one of those people that's running around Los Angeles right now, chasing and trying to track down all those Pokemon characters. Are you? Well, I may have at the Republican and Democratic conventions, uh, you know, during some of the lesser speeches, I may have been catching Pokemon. I'm not going to dime myself out, but <laughs> yeah, I will tell you that there was an active Pokemon Go population at both conventions, which I don't know if that should be surprising or not. I was maybe more surprised at the Republican convention to see the activity on, on Pokemon Go. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. We're talking uh, with Hunter Scarborough, who is the creator of the app known as Voter. Uh, it uh, does uh, quite an interesting job in terms of giving you information about the candidates for the presidential election, but also at some of the state and local levels as well. Uh, we stay, we go to California, Tribuco Canyon, and Kate. Kate, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Hi, right, go ahead. Yeah, so my question was, um, as I've been watching this uh, election this, this, this whole year, um, I really just decided that I'm infuriated with everything. It's mostly slur campaigns on, on both sides. So would this app be helpful in sort of getting down to the actual details of what they support and where they lie on, on actual issues and not so much just what the news is saying or what an anchor's opinion is? So I couldn't have said it a lot better myself, Kate. That is exactly what we're trying to do. I think that the way that the media uh, sort of functions right now, we all get an idea of these candidates' personalities. We get to see how they speak publicly. We see their talking head on TV. Uh, even if we don't watch the news much, it's kind of difficult to avoid, right? It's in our Facebook feed. It's in you know, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you look, they're there. So we get to see that side of them. But what's often missing in a big way is their policy track record, is what they've done in the past, um, their actual, you know, like I said, we see their words, but not necessarily their actions. And so that is the gap that we're trying to fill. That's what, that's the problem we're trying to solve. Kate, thanks very much for the call. I, I guess the, the, and getting back to something you said, uh, Hunter, a little while ago is the fact that in this day and age, being able to aggregate some of this information and do it on an app because of the fact that so many people have smartphones and so many people are connected to their smartphones. It's just a natural tie in these days. That's why we decided to go with uh, an app. We considered going the, the, the website route at the end of the day, though, I really built voter for myself. I was personally frustrated. Like I said, with how sort of fragmented, uh, political information in, in, the, in the news is and how conflicting a lot of those sources are. Yep. And so I was thinking, you know, what would I use personally? What would I want? What platform would, would work for me? And I certainly wanted a fluid, fun-to-use, um, 
you know, but but also very, you know, in, in te- the integrity of the app is there, like the integrity of the information is there, but on the surface, it's very easy. Uh, I wanted an app that that's that's the, the format that would would be in sync with what I would use, and so I, that's what we started on. Um, we'll probably expand to web in the near future, but uh, Android and, and iOS were our two key 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 driving points. You mentioned obviously being out there in California, you have a connection and 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 are doing more and more with the elections in California. Uh, this, I guess, once you get past the presidential election. Uh, and we get into more of the two-year cycle, uh, the you know the 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 local level. You're looking to try and get as many states and as many cities and, and as many different uh, voting cycles on the app or or on a, a website as possible. That's correct. So we have kind of a three-pronged approach past November. And November is no doubt, I mean, sorry, uh, December, I, I should say, right after November is going to be uh, sort of sink or swim time for us to see how we do beyond, uh, you know, benefiting from the immense buzz around this election. Right. But what we're excited for, that three-pronged approach is going to be keeping our users informed and up-to-date on legislation that's relevant to them. Okay. So to just go into that real quick, a good example would be about a little over a year ago in California, we had an anti-ride-sharing bill that was going through the California state legislature. Right. Now, that would have made it super difficult for Uber and for Lyft to operate in California, which impacts our target demographic in a huge way. It impacts most people, right? No one doesn't really use Uber or Lyft in some capacity at this point. So impacts, you know, hundreds of thousands of people yet, or millions of people, actually, but no one, uh, a lot of people weren't aware of it at all, especially in our sort of target demographic. It was just not on their radar. And so our goal is to bridge that gap keep you informed, keep you up to date on legislation that's relevant to you so you can express your opinion, but again, not be demanding of your time because I don't think the average individual has uh, a ton of time or patience for political stuff, and I don't blame them. So we want to really make it easy and seamless for them to interact with that. Uh, The second thing, is, as you mentioned, is local, local politics and local races, which come come around uh, quite a bit more often. And the third thing is actually going international. We've had a lot of interest from other democracies uh, around the world hmm. in uh, sort of doing a white label or, or, or some other version of the app uh, to apply to their to their races. So in some respects, you, you will, once you get past the, the election, uh, be a little bit of a, of a news source as well, a news outlet, because you, as you said, you need to stay connected with the people that are uh, that, that have downloaded the app and be able to give them information on the topics in their area that that are probably pertinent in an upcoming election. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting way of looking at it. But at the end of the day, I suppose you could certainly say that we are a uh, we would be sort of an information uh, distribution. So, yeah, it would be a, a form of news just in a very different, uh, a different method of doing it. But right. I mean, so and the goal would be also so when you get a notification about you know, a piece of legislation uh, is that you can actually interact with it and say vote on it in the same way you'd vote on a, on a question and say, sure. I support this. I don't support this see who does support it, et cetera, depending on how deep you want to go. 844-942-7866 is the number. We go to Des Moines, Iowa. Trista, Des Moines, uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Trista, go ahead. Hi. Um, I really like the, the app that you're developing. It sounds really cool. So during the caucus season in Iowa, I used a website kind of similar to what your app is. It was called isidewith.com. So I was just curious about 
some of the differences between what you guys do in your app and what they might do? Because I don't know much about that, if you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I side with, I'm actually a big fan of those guys. Um, and they happen to be based in Los Angeles too, which is kind of funny. Um, so I side with is a website, like you mentioned, um, very similar core concepts. You're answering a handful of questions. You're matching with candidates based on those questions. There are two major things that, that distinguish us from them. Um, the first is that when I came up with the idea for voter, I, I, you know, I looked around, I, I wanted to see what else was out there, if anyone had done it. And then one of the first things I came across was I side with, um, they, their execution was quite a bit different than what I had in mind. Um, again, I love what they're doing, but I think it's very, for a very different demographic. So for me, it felt a little bit like a high school quiz or a test. Uh, it wasn't something that was fun to use or easy to use or something that necessarily the average voter would uh, take the time to do. And so I had a very different uh, vision for what I wanted the, the app to look like and how I wanted it to feel. And I wanted, you know, I wanted it to be fun, almost game-like. Uh, and I side with this again, more kind of uh, a little bit like a like an AP test. And so we wanted to avoid that. The second thing that really sets us apart is that I side with is just two two guys doing uh, manual research, which is fine. But you have to really trust that these two guys know what they're doing, that they're not um, biased in any way, and that they're getting the right information. Um, and so we're the only platform out there that really makes use of all the political data. And I kind of, you hear the word big data thrown around from time to time. It's kind of become a buzzword. What I like to say that we're looking at is big political data. <laughs> so again, you know, candidate, candidate speeches, um, voting records, campaign finance, you, you know, if you're a political junkie, you might be familiar with some of these organizations, but we get like, we, we have, we use information from govtrack.us. We use information from uh, Open Secrets, which is campaign finance. They do a fantastic job. We use Sunlight Foundation. Um, I don't want to get too into the tech details, but yeah, that's the, those are the two things that really distinguish us from them. But at the same time, um, you know, they're trying to solve the same problems we are, so we're totally uh, on the same page with that. Trista, it sounds like you may have some interest in downloading this very soon. Yes, absolutely, especially for the uh, the local Senate seats that are open. Great, 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 Trista. Thank you very much for calling in. Greatly appreciate it. The number to give us a call is 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Hunter Scarborough joins us. He's the creator of an app called Voter, which is designed to help you understand a little bit more about the policies and the beliefs of the candidates out there, not only for the presidential election, but for maybe uh, elections that are going to go on in your area as well. You mentioned demographic uh, and is there a core demographic for your app right now? And I say that because a lot of people would have said maybe a few years ago that most people or a majority of people with smartphones are younger. That isn't necessarily the case anymore. A lot more older people are using smartphones and are using the apps on the smartphones, not just using it as a phone. So has the demographic uh, that you've seen of people downloading it. Has that changed in the course of the months that, that you've had this up and running? The demographic has expanded a bit. We started with, you know, our, our target demographic is really Pokemon Go players. Um, no. <laughs> um, I will say, yeah, really, I mean, huh? ironically, ironically, they probably, that probably isn't totally untrue because our target demographic really is millennials and younger voters. Right. Um, so that's probably not a bad way to put it. But uh, beyond that, it's, that's not to say that the app wouldn't be useful or helpful for a voter of any age. And we've certainly seen that. Um, 
our our initial you know our initial users are are definitely majority of our audience is very millennial heavy. Sure. Um, but that's that's by design. I myself am a, a member of that audience, so the app is completely designed from that perspective. Um, but that being said, we are you know we're, for example at the Republican convention at the Democratic convention. Um, we were getting a lot of feedback and a lot of use from from other age demographics, and especially some of the uh, media that we were doing at the conventions was less on the side that would be seen by that millennial audience, and right. it was more gearing towards you know older demographics. And um, we've gotten some, a lot of positive positive feedback uh, from both sides. The one thing I will say is that <laughs> the Tinder for politics, uh, you know, for someone maybe under the age of 40 or 35 that that they instantly understand what's going on there but um the older demographics sometimes we were have to we have to walk them through it a little bit right once we walk them through it though it's always uh we always get a resounding and enthusiastic uh thank you for what we've done so that's always that's always good you know it is interesting we 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 talked with a gentleman uh venture capitalist yesterday who was involved in uh dollar shave club getting off the ground and a lot of people talk about dollar shave club and the marketing they use to really kind of entice people to join their club Using something that it, that says it's Tinder for but for politics, that's a great way to continue to promote it, and and and, and it's probably a great way to draw in a variety of different people. It it's interesting, you know. Seeing when I was we're, we were talking to so many producers at both conventions, and we got a really good handle for what lights up their eyes and what doesn't. And like you said, Tinder for politics, you know, the, just the, so much that all the, you know, scandal and controversy and excitement and everything that revolves around Tinder uh, certainly brings attention, people's attention to the table. Right. Um, I'll say real quick, we actually, so Sean Rabb, the CEO of Tinder, is on our board, board of advisors. Huh, um, really? But, but we didn't, yeah, we didn't actually start out with him on board. It was kind of a direct result of us calling ourselves Tinder for politics. Um, we got a lot of fantastic press when we, when we launched, and some of that press made it across his desk. Uh, and he saw the line Tinder for politics, and they ended up uh, reaching out to us. And a couple of days later, I was getting you know uh, lunch with the CEO of Tinder. It was a little surreal, but uh, we ended up helping them to build sort of a mini version of voter inside of Tinder called Swipe the Vote. Uh, Sean joined our board of advisors. Huh. Um, so now we can officially, officially say we're, we're the Tinder politics. I would I would guess that because of this technology and because of the want of people to understand more about politics that that this partnership and and I would think there there may be a potential for other partnerships with that company as well, correct? We're certainly keeping the door open. We have sort of an open dialogue with them. Um there are a couple of other companies in similar spaces that we're talking to and looking at uh partnering with prior to November. Right. Uh, because we have, you know, we're, like I said, we're trying to grow that, grow our audience very quickly, but our biggest strength is sort of the unique technology that we offer to show someone which candidate, you know, has a, has a track record and, and uh, of actually supporting their beliefs. And that's something that just doesn't exist out there. Like I said, we're the only platform to do that. So we're trying to find the right partnership to, to, to leverage that, uh, in a big way before November. Hunter, we wish you all the best with it. Uh, please stay in touch because we'd love to have you back on and uh, maybe we can talk uh, after the election is done and see see uh, how, your, uh, how the app did uh, over the course of the election. 
That'd be fantastic. Thank you for having me on, Dan. You got it, Hunter. All the best. Thank you. Hunter Scarborough, creator of the Voter app, which, as he said, is available in the App Store and uh, also uh, available on uh, other platforms as well. Uh, And uh, we had a chance to see it when we were down at the Democratic National Convention. And it's literally, I mean, it is a very simple swipe. I mean, if you like certain things, you swipe yes. You don't like them, swipe no. And it basically pairs it down as to who may be the candidate for you coming up in the elections coming up uh, this fall. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.